Hello, and thank you for joining us for an episode of That Solo Life, the podcast for PR pros and marketers who work for themselves. People like me, Michelle Kane, I'm with Voice Matters, and my lovely podcast partner, Karen Swim of Solo PR Pro. How are you today, Karen? I'm doing great, Michelle. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. Can't complain. No complaints. Just yeah. Eh, we, we rise above it all. It's a little crazy, but <laughs> but it's it's a good crazy. It's a good busy crazy. So I'm not gonna crazy and gonna enjoy it. As in your area as well. I'm sure we're all on excessive heat watch. So oh, yes, it's hot, gross, and summery out there. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have AC will travel. I saw a meme going around that that states that you know I will not be attending your event your event unless there is air conditioning. And I thought, yeah, that's going to be me. <laughs> November. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to hibernate for a little bit here. <laughs> I'll, go out, I'll go out and get a little dose of vitamin D. Oh, the sun. Great. Yeah. It's yeah. only good for that first few minutes when you come out of the air conditioning and then you need to run back in. Exactly. That's my MO with the heat outside, <laughs> with pools, with oceans. Yes. Anyway, but we didn't come to talk about the weather. We came to talk about three core elements of PR, any good business relationship, or actually, honestly, just being a straight up person, authenticity, transparency, and ethics. And this has risen out of some recent events in the PR industry and, of course, beyond. But we just want to spend some time talking about these elements and how, you know, I think hopefully many of us just take them for granted, right? That, well, of course, you know, I'm in my business, I'm going to be authentic, transparent, I'm going to operate ethically, we guide our clients down that same road, and help them, you know, if they need assistance, and we know what should we do in this situation, we, we help guide them along the way. And sometimes we find we trip ourselves up. <laughs> so true. And here's so today, we're going to talk about but it won't be the only topic of discussion right. this situation with a public relations firm 5WPR that was headed up by Ron Tarosian and I hope I'm pronouncing his last name correctly and many of you may have seen the story in the daily beast some time ago and we'll drop a link in the show notes that talked about how this exposé from this publication out at them for unethical practices. And so the CEO stepped down, not left the company entirely, but stepped down and still serves on their board of directors. Is it Michelle? I think he was named as, was he named as chair? Yeah. So, (laughs) so they were running this crazy. So they owned a news site called everything PR. Quite honestly, I used to read everything PR. I did not know that it was owned by a PR firm and that they were using it to Mm -hmm. put in phony bylines. So they were using their own news site, not being transparent that they own the news site. And then they were putting in phony bylines that smeared their competitive PR firms with unflattering coverage. So PRSA came out against it. The whole thing blew up and there was a lot of chatter about it. But this recently hit my Twitter feed over the weekend because they really haven't done anything to change. So the CEO stepped down, but he's still a part of decision-making in the company. And it feels a little bit like a bait and switch. And so there was this big discussion about us 
holding that mirror up to ourselves and holding our profession accountable. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. If you're a member of PRSA, then as a member, you sign and agree to uphold the code of ethics. The code of ethics is there as an educational tool. It is not punitive because we do not license PR professionals. And this whole Twitter thread about ethics and transparency in our own industry, when we require it from our clients, brought out this level of discussion that I think bears chatting about. Mm -hmm. We firmly do not believe that. We believe that solo PR pros really do operate ethically. We're not so sure, though, that organizations understand how to judge ethics in our profession and why that should matter. So things like if you own a content vehicle, which many people do these days, let's face it, we you either write for publications or you may have a Substack or you may have you may have your own vehicle for content. It is not that you can't have that because you absolutely can, but you need to make clients aware that it's your vehicle right and that you are transparent with your public about this is own and this is a client relationship. And so we're having our client, it would be like if I invited a client onto our podcast, I would absolutely say this person is a client of mine, which is why I invited them because through our work together, we talk about this. I would not be presenting it as this is somebody that I have no idea who they are, but I actually have a relationship with them. Michelle and I would never do that. Right. Right. And so, yeah, just brings out a lot of questions. And what I'm realizing is that, organizations really don't know how to evaluate us. They don't know Mm. what to look for. Right. And, you know, you could bring that into any business relationship truly of, okay, what have I heard about this company? What have I observed? And, and to your point of being clear, I mean, I've had situations where, you know, for, for a couple of clients, I field inquiries for donations or sponsorships. And, you know, a few times there have been organizations where I also serve on the board and I present it and I, I will, you know, flat out say, I'm, hey, look, I'm on the board of this organization, but I wouldn't bring it to you unless I thought it was worthwhile. At the same time, if you say no, fine. But, you know, just to being upfront speaks volumes about your integrity. And it's so, it's, it's just worth it. I mean, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you avoid an issue down the road? I mean, even, even if in them setting up their, you know, their website talking about the industry, it's like, you could editorialize about, you know, if, if the competition's doing s- stuff that's not good. Yeah. You know, they're, you could still call it out. I, it just, it, you know, try, trying to hide in the digital world, yeah, it doesn't always work. The whole thing <laughs> it was really doesn't. yucky. And yeah. So the Twitter thread, it came to their attention that the CEO who used fake names to publish story on a site that they secretly own stepped down as the CEO, but still is the chairperson. They're now hiring a COO. And oh, that's right. They found a, a job listing and they were like, well, who do you report to? <laughs> yeah. Who do you report to? Which is like, it's a great question. Who yeah. does this person report to? Yeah, um, exactly. You know, who, who am I working for when you think about it? You know, a chairman of a board, the board is really above a, a CEO. That's who hire, hires and fires. So you step down, but you really didn't step down. You stepped up. Uh, yes. It's just a mess. Because 
Yes, absolutely. And what we haven't seen is real change. And listen, I am somebody that is not like cancel them, destroy the company, destroy the people. I'm all for second chances and even third chances and more because God knows, you know, I'm not perfect. But I do think that we have to hold people accountable to real change. So first, there has to be this, you have to admit and really own that what you did was not just a mistake. It was disgusting. Mm -hmm. It was not the right move at all. I don't think that we've fully seen that. And this discussion, because it is PR, there was a bigger discussion that happened out of this and this conversation around ethics is still going on on the Twitter thread, but it brought out like, okay, well, how do we police our own profession? Because yeah. as I pointed out and, you know, full transparency, I was on the board of ethics and professional standards for PRSA for two terms. And the code is not punitive. It is not punitive. It is informative. It is educational. We worked really hard to provide educational resources. We wanted people to do the right thing because it was the right thing and to really police themselves and hold themselves accountable and have a body that they could go to when they had questions about ethics. If they had a situation in with their client or with their work, there is somebody within PRSA that you can turn to that can help walk you through that. And there are all sorts of resources, but other people feel like, okay, well maybe, you know, like the American Bar Association holds people accountable because they license them. If you break the code, you can be disbarred. You cannot practice. The question came about, like there are all these other professions that are licensed and credentialed and can lose their privilege to practice as public relations professionals. There could be an argument for that, but As some of the commenters pointed out, many professionals that are licensed and credentials, number one, their earning power seems to diminish. Mm -hmm. Number two, it would it would create a higher barrier of entry. Yeah. People like me may not have gotten in. And I I am accredited. I do have my APR, but I didn't start that way. I Mm -hmm. I took that next step because I was really committed to this profession and really wanted to further my own career in it. But as of today, you don't have to jump through a bunch of hoops to become a public relations professional. And I, for one, see the value in that because we've had so many people with diverse experience bring something exciting to this profession and to this practice that... Mm -hmm we may have missed out on as an industry. But when these kinds of situations happen, you think, well, gee, there should be something that makes people accountable for the consequences of actions like this, because this was not a mistake. Can we just be clear? This was not a mistake. This was not, oh my God. This was intentional. Thing and I now I realize that that was wrong. This was very calculated. It was very a strategic decision. It really was a strategic decision, and <sighs> the intent of it was nefarious. It yeah. wasn't even as though they had this good intent, like oh, we're going to be the good news site, but we don't want people to know that we're behind this. Yeah, no, no. The intent 
was negative and toxic. So the whole thing, the whole scheme from beginning to end, just nothing about it could be skewed as a error in judgment. This mm-hmm. was straight up criminal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so many layers to it, right? Because you think, yes, it would be nice to have some type of validation of, yes, I am a professional in this field and I fully adhere to these tenets. And also, because yes, we all, many of us have varied backgrounds before we came to communications. But as we all know, we also come up against people who they just bought their computer and suddenly I'm in PR and you're like, <laughs> no, you're not, this you know, true. it's, it's kind of a eh, conundrum comes to mind, but that seems too trite, I, but you know, it is something. And I know there are members of our audience who went through the APR process. Now I will say that as an APR, I am held accountable for my actions. If I, if I break the code of ethics, I can be brought up and I can be, it's not going to impact my ability to practice, but I can be kicked out of PRSA. And that's the biggest action that PRSA has available right. to it, that it can take your membership away. But really, that's that doesn't have a lot of teeth because it takes you away right. from the industry organization, but you still can practice. Yeah. The, and, and it's not like their decision is made public even. They protect you <laughs> and that it's a private decision. So in essence, yeah. there's just nothing. And, and this is not, yeah. I just want to be clear that this is not a negative commentary about our industry organization no. at all. No. It's a discussion of how we grapple with this. And yeah. one of the things that I did like about this discussion is that, first of all, that we had a bunch of PR people talking about ethics that made my heart happy and that not only we're talking about it, but they cared about it. They were passionate about it. I think that we have to stop having these backroom conversations about ethics and really talk about it publicly and be the mm-hmm. educators. We have to be the ones to shine the light on why this is important. And not only that, but I think that we have to to really start to offer some guidance on how to do things in the right way. What an opportunity, Karen. What an opportunity. I know this is not like a fresh idea, but a light bulb. I mean, we have seen organizations carry out PSA campaigns. Yes. We're living in a world of misinformation, disinformation, silos of information. Who better than our industry to lead the charge? And I've seen it a little bit here and there in a feed of how to tell if something's fake news. But to really come at it in a big way would be incredible, you know, just to the general population. That would be an incredible opportunity to say, you know, we are are the PR profession. If we deal in information, we deal in credibility. Because that is the one thing I thought of when I started my business. My only claim to anything is my own integrity and my own credibility. Once that's damaged, I've got trouble. Yeah. And you know, Um, I think for me, in terms of the licensing discussion, I fall on the side of "Mm, probably not. I mean, I am a huge fan of the APR for so many reasons. However, I'm also aware that this profession is not very diverse. And I don't want to add additional hurdles that are not going to make a big difference. We're not attorneys, you know, let's face it. 
And by and large, I feel like there may be some bad actors, but I do think that those people are in the minority. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, I'm not even sure that licensing would cure that ill because people who want to do the wrong thing will do the wrong thing. Right. Right. You still have attorneys getting disbarred. So if if it were a barrier, listen, you that got wouldn't happen. People that are practicing without a medical license. You have. Yeah. I mean, you know, can we talk about some of those cosmetic procedures oh. that happen at parties where you're not oh. a licensed professional? Yeah. So even in professions where there are licensed people, there are people that operate outside of the realm of their expertise. And so it yeah. really is not a cure. And I think it's simple to want to point to that and, and also to want to make somebody else other than us responsible for policing our own profession, because then that puts it in the hands of some licensing body. But we also know that that adds costs to the cost of practice. Somebody has got to pay for that. So I'd much rather see us having these open discussions, really following some guidelines that have already been established for us and talking about it, you know, and educating clients, educating organizations on what you need to look for and why this matters. And it's interesting following this ugly incident, there was a article in reworked today and it was all about why organizations should have purpose and how long it really takes to build purpose in your organization. This is not write it on a pad, make a poster of it and you're done. That for me ties into operating an ethical organization. It starts with your values and it starts with not just having them, but living them throughout Mm -hmm. everything you do in your company, whether you're a company of one or 100,000. And that takes work. It takes intention. But when you commit to that, it really does give you this North star. Mm -hmm. So it makes me think at 5WPR, what was their organizational purpose? Right. What were their values? Right. I'm not sure they had any. Mm-hmm. Judging by the actions that they continue to take. Right. Right. And just just the notion that that idea made it out beyond a conversation that it got affirmed. I'm just I'm just gobsmacked. It reminds me of it's a few years ago the Philly the Philadelphia 76ers. There was this situation on Twitter where this account just kept dissing Joel Embiid and, you know, talking about strategy. And after a while, the the local sports community was saying, is this coming from inside the house? Turns out they're, they're, I don't know if he was a GM or president of operations at the time, said his wife had burner accounts. I'm not buying that for a hot minute. Burner accounts, burner accounts, dissing your team. Now, he did not last long after that revelation. Cracks me up that he still stands by the fact that, yeah, it was my wife. I'm like, yeah, okay, buddy. Can we be honest that we're seeing that in our public sphere right now? Uh-huh. Yeah. No. <laughs> Who, us? Saying that we're seeing that in our, in our government with people, people's yep. spouses doing things that... Yes, not- we are. Yes, yes, yes. Things that... Uh, cause little conflicts of interest that are not being addressed as they should be. Yeah. And Michelle has carried on in spite of me being quite 
chaotic, but I was about to lose power and I was like, why? Oh, no. I was wondering, I'm thinking, you're looking and sounding fine, Kara. Where are you going? She's going to, she's, no. taking, out the, she's taking out the PR trash is what she's I wasn't plugged in, so <sighs> there you go. Oh, hey, we keep it real around here. And, and I don't know about, about our listeners out there, but yeah, it's been a week already. <laughs> We've just started. Really? And I mean, so we don't expect to solve this issue today, no. but we do want to shine a light on it. And we do want yeah. to encourage this free discussion around it. And the discussions have been super respectful, which yeah. is refreshing. And again, I'm so glad that people care so much about this. And it it's not about attacking by WPR. It's not about making them look bad. It's about really saying, not cool. And this makes us all look bad. This yeah. kind of thing puts our profession, you know, we, we've been trying to live down this reputation as spin masters. Yeah. Yeah. Empty party planners and just fluff. Empty, yes. And yeah. when, when something like this happens, that walks in the room with you, whether you invite it or not. Oh, I love that. That's, you're so right. I, and so, yes, it does make you feel icky the same way that I'm sure you know, medical doctors who are in sports medicine felt really mad about what happened with the Olympians because one action can really taint your profession and then you are having to provide answers for things that you would never do. And, you know, it's, it's, it's hard enough sometimes as a PR professional being taken as a professional and people understanding our value and understanding that, no, we don't just make pretty pictures or, you know, no, we don't just get immediate placements because we have friends. <laughs> yes. All we do all day is swill cocktails and place articles. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We're not as, as funny day, as AppTab was. People, yeah. To this day, I've had people approach our firm and go, and they want to know about our Rolodex. Like, are you daft? Oh gosh. I can't like, tell you the even if, even if I had to pitch my sister it still has to be relevant to her audience. I still have to have a strategy. I have to have a reason to show up on her piece of content. It's no, I can't just smile because these are my friends. Like, Hey friend, publish my client, but people still have that perception. And so we're fighting against all of these things. And Oh, by the way, people thinking that all we do is earn media. Oh, you're a publicist. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Actually, I'm not. Yeah. You don't, you don't do those other things. Well, yeah, actually, we, we yeah, do. Actually, I do. And there's a lot of us that don't even do earned media, by the way. Right. Right. It's a whole, a whole thing. It's a we whole do, thing. We do all the things and we try to do them well with transparency yeah. and, and, and with ethical codes. And, you know, it's like we said, in any industry, you're going to have people who just disrupt in a bad way like this. And, and I, I love that we're having this conversation and I, and, you know, I don't love the reason why it's happening, but I think it's important that we do talk about it and that we continue to talk about it. So we want to hear from you too, you know, hit us up at soloprpro.com. What do you think? You can hit us up on Twitter at, at solopr. And um, we thank you for joining us today for this time together. And we hope to see you next time on That Solo Life. <laughs>